Hello, my friends. It's your buddy Phil here, Project Management Trainer and Coach. Today, we're going to take a look at the Pembok Guide, 6th edition, Chapter 3. Now, to give you some context, the 7th edition came out, but a lot of people going through it are lost regarding what exactly does this mean? I don't understand, Phil. Help me out. Do I just read the 7th edition? I'll be good to go. And the answer, in my opinion, is no. No, you don't just read the 7th edition blindly. you got to understand a few things coming into it so that you're not lost and free-falling, all right? And that's why I put these together to help you. They're very rapid, very quick, but I'm hoping that it helps you digest the information in an effective manner. So chapter 3 is one of my favorite chapters in the entire 6th edition. It talks about the role of the project manager. And in my mind, we should just call this leadership for the project manager. Let's just call it that. It starts off by posing that the PM plays a critical role in leadership. Feasibility studies happen before the project starts. And then there's some benefits realization that we also need to think about. And all of this contributes to tailoring the role of the project manager to the firm. It really depends on the company, but in different firms, project managers have varying degrees of power. Sometimes project managers authorities is huge. And other times, project manager has very little authority. They're the dog's body. They're beaten down on and they feel dejected. And if you're a project manager, like I am through and through, you've probably worked for some of those organizations, but the right way to position project managers for success is to help them understand where exactly they are and to give them some autonomy and power so that they can help teams do great things. So the PM should have project management knowledge, should have some technical knowledge. In my opinion, I know a lot of the books say the project manager doesn't need to have technical knowledge. No, I beg to differ. The PMs in many an instant, and in fact, in this day and age, you find a lot of PMs, technical PMs in IT space, in engineering space, they need to understand some technicalities. Otherwise, they're not going to be as effective. That's just my opinion. All right, so understanding of technicalities, their experience, their leadership, their their ability to communicate, that leads to success. Now, I'm not diminishing communications and interpersonal skills. That is much bigger than any of the technical knowledge pieces. In fact, the sixth edition talks about that, how research shows that the top 2% of project managers as voted by their colleagues and peers are those who have superior relationship and communication skills while displaying a positive attitude. The great Zig Ziglar, he calls it a PMA, a positive mental attitude. It's the opposite of someone with a plum disease, the poor little old me disease. (laughs) The PM should have positive mental attitude. And that's really what chapter three is espousing. Project manager has a role like a conductor, conductor of an orchestra, responsibility for the team, uh, knowledge and skills, including technical knowledge, just like a conductor would have knowledge about the instruments in an orchestra. And all of this helps the project manager to get the deliverable done. And ultimately, you know, as I said in the first couple of episodes, it's not the deliverable alone. It's really about the outcome. So we are keen on the deliverable, but beyond that is the benefits that the customer gets from the deliverable. Beyond that is the value and beyond that is the outcome. So just keep that in mind. All right, moving really quickly here, the definition of a functional manager is different from that of a project manager. Functional managers provide oversight for a functional business unit. Operations managers provide oversight, ensuring that business operations are efficient. And the project manager is that person who is the guide, if you will, for the team that is responsible for delivering those project objectives. And the project manager is right there in the nucleus, right? The project manager in the wider sphere of the project manager's influence, we have the project team, project program portfolio managers, resource managers, and 
Another layer of that is the supporting governing bodies, steering committees, PMOs. Another layer of that is stakeholders, suppliers, customers, and end users. So the project manager is at the nucleus. It's a really big job. The project manager should have technical prowess, strategic and business management prowess, and leadership. And when you take a look at the PMI talent triangle, it pretty much has those, right? Technical project management, strategic business management, and leadership. The project manager should really focus on those leadership skills because as my mentor says, a true measure of leadership is influence. It's nothing more, nothing less. And leadership, everything rises and falls on leadership. Everything. Your ability to be great, your ability to succeed, the ability of the project to succeed. It's all about leadership. Great leadership, great success. Poor leadership, poor success. Right. So the the leadership skills, one, being a visionary, being able to dream a dream or being able to translate dreams for people who can't, being optimistic and positive, being able to collaborate, being selfless. That's a key of the servant leader. And of course, your exam will be very much focused on servant leadership and being a lifelong learner, someone who is uh, results and action oriented. In chapter three, we talk about different power types, positional power, you know, formal power like i said in the very beginning you start at your stated authority level i said this in chapter two you start off as a project manager but in order for you to excel beyond that you got to use other powers right because people are not always going to listen to you just based on positional power so here are some other power types informational power reference situational personal or charismatic relational expert, reward, punitive, or coercive, ingratiation. Uh, Believe it or not, it's a power type. People use it. You know, the the great Robert Cialdini, he talks about this, you know, in his body of work. Being able to make their heads bigger, it does do something. I'm not saying abuse it, but it it does. It could be used. Anyway, enough said. Pressure-based, guilt-based, persuasive, and avoiding. We also talk about leadership styles in chapter three. We talk about laissez-faire, transactional, servant, transformational, charismatic, and interactional. The big one to take a look at is servant leader. That is definitely what a lot of your exam questions will be based on. It's a mindset of being a servant to the team, as opposed to beating them over the head with carrots and sticks. In chapter three, we have leadership versus management. I quite like this breakdown in table 3-1, and it just shows you that management is more about directing positional power. Leadership is about guiding and influencing. Leadership is more about developing and innovating, focusing on relationships and inspiring trust. On the flip side, management is about administration of processes and procedures and guidelines. You know, it's often said we lead people, but we manage things. Going to the next part of the table, you can see the whole narrative continues. Leadership is about focusing on long-range vision, bigger picture think, focusing on the horizon, challenging the status quo, focusing on vision, alignment, and motivation. Uh, Management is still needed. We're not saying don't focus on management, but there's a difference between management and leadership, you know, and great leaders, they understand that. So they get someone who is great at the management of processes and procedures and systems, They get those people to be managers, but we also have the leaders who have to think vision and innovation and big picture think. People like Jobs, the difference between Steve Jobs and a manager, for example. Management is accepting the status quo, doing things right, and management is focusing on operational issues and solving problems, firefighting. But leadership is focusing on vision, alignment, motivation, inspiration. So those kind of things, you need to be aware of them. Still on chapter three, 
we move into the concept of performing integration. How do you hold the entire project together? Well, the project manager's role in integration is twofold. One, you got to work with the project sponsor to understand strategic objectives. And two, you got to ensure alignment of the project at every point in time with a portfolio, with a program, with a business unit. Now, when the project manager works with a sponsor in this way, they contribute to the execution of integration of the strategy. PMs are responsible for aligning the team to have a unit directional focus. And this is achieved through integration of processes, knowledge, and people. You got to continuously integrate. Chapter four goes more into integration. Now, this will be the last in our series of rapid fire. But for those of you on the project management masterclass.com class, we go into all of this in more detail, right? So we cover integration in more depth. This is pretty much the top of the ways for integration. There's a lot more to talk about and processes within integration. So you can perform integration at different levels. The first one we talk about here is a cognitive level. And what is the method for managing a project is a question that's asked. It's based on size, complexity, and organizational complexity. What are the personal skills and abilities of the project manager? This tapers into the concept of managing integration at the cognitive level. Project managers' leadership ability, their technical abilities, and their business management skills. All of this will influence how the project is integrated at the cognitive level. A project has a small chance of success when the project manager fails to integrate the project processes where they interact. So you want someone who can see that big picture, someone who's got great leadership, great technical and great business management skills. Now, at the context level, we talk about the PM being aware of changes in the context of the business understanding the context of the project as it relates to new technologies, social networks, believe it or not, social media is what we're talking about, multicultural aspects, virtual teams, and new values. The PM should be aware of changes in the context of business when we talk about all of these facets and how we can best use these elements to achieve success on the project. When we talk about integration and complexity, a project may be described as complex, and or difficult to manage, and it could mean intricate, it could mean complicated. Complexity within projects is as a result of three dimensions of complexity, system behavior, human behavior, and ambiguity. This narrative continues in the seventh edition, but this is a great introduction to it. When we talk about complexity, complexity itself is a perception of an individual based on personal experience, observation, and skill. Rather than being complex, a project is more accurately described as containing complexity. Portfolios, programs, and projects may contain elements of complexity. When integrating a project, the project manager should consider elements inside the project and elements outside the project. Complexity as a characteristic or property of a project is typically defined as containing multiple parts, several connections between the parts, dynamic interactions between the parts, and exhibiting behavior. We call this emergent behavior. Emergent behavior is the occurrence where larger entities arise through interactions of, among smaller or simpler entities, such as that the larger entities exhibit properties the smaller, simpler entities do not exhibit. So, for example, schools of fish. Have you ever seen those formations where you've, you've got this big or large formation of schools of fish? That's an example of emergence. Emergence pretty much just means unpredictable and discovery as time goes on. That's it in a nutshell. Here are some emergence examples. Definition of emergence, manifestation of a system's properties that cannot be anticipated from the properties of its components or parts. Schooling in fish 
is an emergent state of fish behavior in which a group of fish move together in a coordinated fashion and form patterns. The patterns form range from simple ellipsoids to complicated vortex arrangements. You've seen that. You know what this is talking about. In describing collective behaviors, emergence refers to how collective properties arise from the properties of parts, how behavior at a larger scale arises from the detailed structure behavior and relationships at a finer scale. So the summary is beware, beware, because your projects may just surprise you. One more example, fractal patterns of snowflakes to cellular life forms are universes full of complex phenomena. But how does this complexity arise? Emergence describes the ability of individual components of a large system to work together to give rise to dramatic and diverse behavior. So the summary, my friends, is your project may just very well surprise you. And this, my friends, is the end of our review. We have gone through three chapters, three, three big, big chapters in the Pembok Guide, sixth edition. And this is the end. Thank you very much for joining me on this journey. If you are looking for training, coaching, help beyond this, you know where you need to go. You need to go on down to our website. It's praiseon.com. That is P-R-A-I-Z-I-O-N.com. When you get to praiseon.com, you will be redirected to projectmanagementdoctor.com. Projectmanagementdoctor.com is where you can get all sorts of help. You can get all sorts of great materials to help you. Uh, we got some blowout deals going on right now. You can sign up for any of these courses that is happening uh, in the immediate uh, future. You can also go on down to other portals that I have, like pmradio.org. If you go on down to pmradio.org, you will be able to listen to my podcast for the PMP exam. It's right there. I put out new content quite frequently. And right now you've got about 89 episodes to catch up on. So if you haven't been to pmradio.org, I want to encourage you to do that. pmradio.org. And this is just the beginning. If all this stuff that I'm showing you here excites you and you want want more information, you're hungry to keep in touch with my views of project management, going down to pmradio, pmradio.org. I'm going to put that on the screen one more time. All right. And I look forward to being able to hear from you, speak to you at some point. All right. Don't forget to hit like, subscribe. See you soon. Bye for now.